the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How long will you dwell on that compromise before you rise up and become the man or the woman that God has desired you to be? Hello and welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be sharing God's truth right from the Bible, teaching you life lessons you may not want to hear, but you need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study from the book of Genesis. I wonder what would happen to you and me if we simply lived our lives like Joseph lived his life, walking with integrity, living with one goal, to serve and to please God in all that we do. You know, I was at the post office buying stamps because we're going to send a little happy resurrection day to you. So I'm buying stamps. So we needed a lot of stamps, you know, like, you know, 4,400 stamps. That's a lot of stamps. So on postcards are cheaper. So we're going to save some money. So I'm buying a ton of stamps. So this, this gal up here at the post office on La Cienega and Pico, you know, you go up there and hang on right. And then it's on there on the left. And so she's just going all over the place looking for all these stamps because we're buying a lot of stamps. And she finding some here and some there. And she's doing all of this. And she gets them all there. And she finally gets them all. I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe it. You found them all, man. You, you, you came into the mother load. And she's like, I did. I found them. <laughs> and so anyway, we get all the stamps. We get all done. She goes, well, thank you so much. I said, well, I, well, we're not done yet. She goes, oh, you need something else? And I'm like, well, no. Actually, I just want to share something with you. I'm getting these stamps. And I showed her the card that we're going to send out. And I said, and I also have one of the invitations because they just came in. And I said, I want to invite you to our church. And she goes, oh, I drive by that church all the time because she comes right up La Cienega to go to work. And I said, well, look, you've seen the church, but now you're getting a personal invitation. She goes, that's right. I am. She goes, you know what? I think I'm going to come. Now, what does that mean? I think I'm going to come. I think it means that she's thinking she's going to come. <laughs> okay. So, so I'm thinking, what is the percentage of her actually coming now? What's the percentage? Is it a 50-50 shot? Oh, at least a 50-50 shot. She's telling me she's going to come. I go by the church all the time. I see it. I've wondered what goes on in there. I think it's a good, maybe it's a 75% chance that she'll come. But then I thought, if I wouldn't have said anything, you know what chance there was? Zero chance of her coming because I didn't say anything. And so I just realized, you know, I wasn't sharing with her because I'm the pastor of the church. I was sharing with her just because I'm a believer in Christ. And I'd like to see this gal come to know Christ. See, that was it. There's no hidden agenda there. It's just like this is what God called us to do, to be faithful servants of his before anything else, to put him first. Before we move on, did you notice what it said at the end of verse 6? It says, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Do you know that the Bible rarely tells us about someone's looks? Now, it does every now and then. We know that Esther was 
beautiful in form and appearance. Yeah, we know there's a few other people that stand out and they were beautiful. We know that Absalom, the son of David, was, you know, he was a handsome young man. He said he was beautiful and he had hair that grew crazy. But really, there's only like five or six people in the entire Bible. Think about that. Thousands of people are talked about in the Bible. And there's only like five or six that actually tells us that they were beautiful people. Well, Joseph's one of them. And it says form and appearance. That means that he was chiseled not only in handsome looks, but his body was like, give me some duct tape. I'm ripped. Maybe he had the six-pack going, you know, the whole thing, you know. As you get older, you kind of, the six-pack turns into the keg, you know. It's just, you know, it's kind of like it goes from a six-pack to a case to the keg. Okay, but anyway, but, uh, but you know, he's ripped. He, I mean, it's like in his form and his appearance. So he's front cover GQ magazine totally. You see, like, Men's Health magazine, you know, it's always got a guy on there, and he's like, uh, and he's like this, you know, he's got his shirt off, he's got this six, you know, got the abs hanging out and everything. And, you know, it's like, so he's that, that guy. He's that guy. He's just, he's super handsome, super good looking. He was chiseled, his appearance striking, but he's still a slave. He's a good looking slave, though. And now he's in charge of all the affairs of this wealthy Egyptian. Now, when you really think about it at this point, this is like, wow. I mean, he's living high on the hog because this man's wealthy. He realizes this young man is doing everything. He's turned everything over to him. So I guarantee you he's living in the best place on his property. He's got new clothes. He's got everything. He's living high on the hog. He's living better than he's ever lived. He used to live out in the wilderness with his family in tents. He's in the big city now. They got running water, bass, everything. It's like, man, I'm sure he has now been blessed by his owner because his owner realizes, man, this guy, everything he touches turns to gold. Everything's great. God has turned Joseph's life completely around for the better. He is living what we're told in Romans 8.28. Wouldn't be written for thousands of years later, but he's living it. It says in Romans 8, 28, that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. So it's like God's turned it around. Yeah, he was sold as a slave, but yet he's turned it all around. He's living better than he's ever lived. And right when you think Joseph was thinking, God, you are so good. You have redeemed my life from the pit. Things take a turn for the worse. Which brings up our second point, having to run. Let's read what it says here, picking up in verse 7. And it came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph. And she said, lie with me. Wow, she's pretty blunt. She didn't beat around the bush. But he refused and he said, to his master's wife, behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. And he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no greater in this house than I. And he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. A little reminder, uh, you're his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? It wasn't sin against Potiphar. It was sin against God. See, our sin is always against God, though other people are caught in the way. And it would have been a sin against Potiphar, but Joseph only seen it as 
It's a sin against God. And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, day after day, oh, she's on him like white on rice every day. He did not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. Now, it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work, and none of the other men of the house were in there. Wow, where'd they go? There was a guy sweeping, the one polishing the brass, and the one doing the dishes. They're all gone. And she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand, and he fled, and he went outside. We'll stop there. Wow. See, right when you think it can't get any worse, don't we think that at times? God, I can't believe what's happening. Well, at least it can't get any worse. Right when God has graciously redeemed his life from the pit, that's when the enemy strikes. Yes, many times it's, it's after God's blessings that serious trials will arise. We must never think that we're ever out of the woods. We must never think that it can never get worse because it can always, always get worse. As soon as we start thinking that, look out. The enemy will strike. It might get worse than you could ever imagine. There's only one time in life when we will never have to think about things getting potentially worse. There's only one time in life, and that's when we leave this life into the next life. When we get home to heaven, that's when there will never, ever be any more trials, no more hardship, no more sadness, no more difficult circumstances, no more sickness, no more death, none of that. It will never happen again. But until then, it will never be heaven on earth. It's only going to be heaven in heaven. And on earth, there's always going to be the potential for things to get worse. It will always have the potential of having trouble in our life. Where did it all start? It all started back in verse 6. Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Why couldn't he just look like an ogre? Why couldn't his nose be half cocked to the side? Why couldn't he be 100 or 200 pounds overweight and be a human blimp? I mean, why, you know, why did he have to be so chiseled and handsome and and, and, and form and appearance? What's wrong with all of that? Well, nothing's wrong with it, except for this one small problem. Here's the problem, okay? It's not the fact that he's beautiful and handsome and, you know, form and appearance. The problem is there's a hussy on the loose. That's the problem, okay? There's a hussy on the loose in the house. It's Potiphar's wife. Yes, Miss Potiphar was looking for love, okay? Maybe her husband was consumed with work. Well, now he's just consumed to where he's going to eat every day, but uh, maybe he's not paying enough attention to her. Maybe she was young and only married for security. Maybe Mr. Potiphar was an old goat, and just didn't have any go juice anymore. Like I was up on Third Street up here, and uh, I was driving back home, and I look over and there's a Bentley next to me, a convertible, and Bentleys have these killer interiors, you know. So I was like lined up even with the back seat, and I was just looking at the back seat. I'm like, man, that is a killer interior in that car. And then I was looking at the guy, and I'm thinking like, oh man, that guy, 
Hey, that guy's old. This guy was old. I mean, and then there was this young blonde, like 21, 22 years old. And they said, oh, that must be like his great granddaughter or something, you know. Then the car in front of me moved up a little bit. And so I moved up and I looked over and there's the old goat and he's got his hand. Ooh, okay. And I'm like, that's not his great granddaughter. Okay. And, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, how could this woman, how could she connect with that and I'm thinking, ah, it must have to do with his personality. <laughs> he, he's got a great personality. Uh, yeah, how about not? How about it's all about money? It's all about that. It's like she was looking for love, and she couldn't find it with her husband. But whatever the case was, when you look for love in the wrong places, you're pretty much guaranteed to never find true love and a love that will last. I wonder if you figured that out yet, or are you still chasing the same old lusts that have never satisfied you in the past? Looking for passion, looking for that missing piece. Well, we could all learn a good lesson from Joseph here today from the book of Genesis, because with all that he's been through, being abandoned by his family, sold as a slave by those who were supposed to love him. Joseph has learned firsthand that God is the only one that will never leave him or forsake him. So he said, how can I do this great evil? How can I sin against my God? He said, no can do, lady. It's not going to happen. Yet, That went in one year and out of the other of this loose woman. So she came to him, it says, daily. Verse 7, daily, every day he's getting hit up by Miss Potiphar. Lie with me, sleep with me, come be passionate with me. I mean, I can see her hands going on his arms. You know, yes, uh, Joseph, dear, could you come in, you know, could you come in, uh, I need this over here, you know. Chill, you know, He's the head servant. I mean, you know, who knows what this woman put him through? And with her possibly being a younger woman, I'm not thinking that the old goat Potiphar is marrying some dog, you know, so she's probably stunningly beautiful herself you know, okay so she's bold she's determined to get joseph into the rack she wants to do something with him verse 12 she says lie with me and she tears his garments off it's amazing how brazen and callous we can become when we allow sin to reign inside of us Let me ask you, is there something in your life that's been eating away at your moral character? You know it's wrong. Yet how long will you continue to live with that compromise in your mind in thinking about it? Listen, it always starts in the mind. There's never been someone that's gone and slept with another woman or a woman that slept with another man and left her family and all of that. It it, didn't just happen overnight. You thought about it. You thought about it. There's that person at work. There's that that person, that neighbor, this and that, whatever. You think about it. You you dwell on it. That little fantasy gives you the little goosebumps and whatever. And you think about it and you think about it and you think about it and you think about it. Has that been happening with you? How long will you allow that to continue to live what's inside of you? How long will you dwell on that compromise before you rise up and become the man or the woman that God has desired you to be? 
to turn away from that thing. As soon as the thought comes in, I'm not going to think about that. No, I'm not going to think about that. No, I reject that thought. I'm not thinking about that. Well, Miss Potiphar, she continued to pursue Joseph. And that one day, she sends all the other slaves out of the house. She took maybe a long bath in her Victoria Secret bath gel. She empties the house out. Joseph comes in, do, 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 do. And it's like all of a sudden she grabs Joseph by his garment. She rips it off. Settle down, lady. Come on. Okay. Miss Potiphar was extremely, extremely good looking. She probably did all of these things, setting this thing up. She maybe had, you know, her negligee on. Maybe she was just naked. And she grabbed Joseph. She says, enough already. It's going to happen right now. Know this, it wasn't easier for Joseph to turn this away than it would be for any single one of us. Let's remember again. Let's take score on Joseph here. He's young. He's extremely good looking. He's in shape. He's strong. You know, he was full of testosterone. He was filled with hormones just like you and me. This was an overwhelming temptation to say the least for him. And I'm sure she's whispering in his ear, Nobody will ever know, dear. What happens in Potiphar land stays in Potiphar land. It won't go any farther. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Understand, there was no easy way out for Joseph here. There's no easy way out. And Joseph did what we all need to do when we are over our heads in some sin. You know, when you're just overwhelmed, you've been looking at something, you don't need to be looking at all of this. It's like, you know, it's not a time to like, you know, God, I just want to pray about this right now. As you know, she's standing there naked, you know, with her hands all over him. It's like, yes, Lord, let me just pray about this. No, there's no time to pray. Get out of there. He ran. Boom. I'm out of here. Gone. Now, for all of you Bible students out there, I just want you to know that this is the first time in all of the scripture that we have uh, a case of streaking. Okay, so anyway, so he runs. He's gone. He has no clothes on. He ran because, again, at that moment, if he didn't run, he possibly would have fallen. He knew. It's like, I'm at that tipping point. I have to leave. There was no time to do anything else but run. Let me ask you, what do you do when you're at that tipping point? When your back's up against the wall? Do you do the happy medium? Do you have the kind of the way of compromise? I wonder if anyone here is going down a wrong road as we talk. You're thinking about something maybe on a daily basis and you know what's wrong. Take some advice from Joseph. Run. Take those thoughts captive. Put them in a prison. Don't dwell on it any longer. It will destroy you. Which brings up our third and final point, burning anger. Genesis chapter 39, verse 13. And when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and he had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and she said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew, to make sport of us. And he came to me to lie with me, and I screamed. Boy, nothing like a scorned woman. A little bitter much, Miss Potiphar? 
Verse 15, when he heard that I had raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and he fled outside. So she left his garment beside her until her master came home. And then she spoke to him these words, the Hebrew slave whom you brought to us, he came into me to make sport of me. And I raised up my voice and screamed and he left his garment beside and and he fled outside. Now, when his master heard these words of his wife, Mr. Potiphar, when she spoke to him saying, This is what your slave did to me. His anger burned. So Joseph's master, Mr. Potiphar, took him and put him into the jail in a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the jail. Wow. Well, I guess Miss Potiphar is not used to being turned down. So she falsely accuses Joseph of attacking her sexually. And Mr. Potiphar was just red hot, burning, angry. And he throws Joseph into prison. I give you all of this. I give you the rule of my whole house. I let you sleep in the nicest place, buy you the nicest clothes. I would have given you anything. And what do you do? You you come on on to my wife. It's like, I, I could just see Joseph. No, sir, I didn't do that. She came on to me. I didn't do that. I did nothing wrong here. It's like, yeah, throws him into prison. That's it. You're gone. You're out of here. Yes, things have gone from bad to worse for Joseph. First, he's stripped of his family by his own family members, sold as a slave by his own brothers, taken to a foreign land. And now he's thrown into prison for a crime he didn't commit. I wonder what we would do If the same thing happened to us, if all of this misery unfolded in our lives, would we shake our fist at God? I was trying to honor you, Lord. I was trying to do what was right, Lord. And just where did it get me? Here, I'm thrown in prison now. Oh, Lord, how could you have forsaken me like this? How could you have desired and and deserted all of these things? How could you do that to me? Thanks for nothing, God. From now on, I think I'll just move on with my life without you. You know, I talk to Christians all the time. I used to go to church. Yeah, hypocrites and this happened and I was praying for this. It didn't happen. You know, I, I I I don't follow the Lord anymore. Oh, really? Oh, he left you. That's it. You walked away. Things got a little tough and you left. Okay. Is that how it's going to be? Things didn't unfold like you thought. You didn't get the blessings that, you know, everyone else had promised and these TV preachers and all that. And God didn't shower you. You're not driving your Ferrari. You didn't get the big house. You didn't get the new wardrobe. And and that's it. You're going to walk away from the Lord now. Well, that's not the case with Joseph. He's not about to leave the only one that would never leave him. And he gets on his face before God because he realizes with man, anything can change. I could lose everything tomorrow. Anything could change. But God, I will never walk away from you. And as crazy as it sounds, you're not going to believe what happens next. I mean, this is just insane. How does this even happen? So he's in prison now. So what happens next? Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. He went into prison with him. And he extended kindness to him. And he gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. And the chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail. 
So that whatever was done there in the jail, he was responsible for it. And the chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made him prosper. Wow, this is, this is nuts. All I can say here is, but God. I was going to do this and everything fell apart, but God. I was going to go there, and we didn't have anything but God. Me and my wife were with no groceries one time, and we didn't know how we were going to feed our family but God. We couldn't pay our rent one time. We didn't know how it was going to happen. We were totally, you know, $2,000 short but God. We needed, you know, tires for our van but God. You know, we needed this. We needed that but God. I mean, it's just like but God is the story of me and my wife's life. We're here today because of God. Have you come to recognize that yet in your life? Have you come to the place that you know that no matter how bad your circumstances might turn, that God will never leave you? No matter how many people turn against you, God will never leave you. No matter what hardship lurks in your future, that God will never, no, ever, never, ever leave you or forsake you. Have you come to that point yet? For joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app, available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org as well as writing to PO Box 34789 Los Angeles California 90034 